One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's podcast. This episode is a conversation with Michelle Broadbent and she delivers some absolutely amazing insights when it comes to being organized, owning the space that you're in, being brave, just being a boss really in both business and life. Michelle is an absolute pleasure to speak with, and I think you're going to fall just a little bit in love with her like I did when I had the good fortune to meet her a few months ago. Before we dive into my conversation with Michelle today, I wanted to take a quick minute to thank today's sponsor of the episode. And I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of you are going to be really, really excited about what I'm going to share with you. And that is today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Esme Skincare. And drumroll, I have a discount code. Well, actually, it's just a code to share with you. I think it's better than a discount code, just personally. And the code is free mini, all in capitals. And you will receive one of my favorite skin treats in a mini version. So with that code free mini, with any purchase, you will receive a 24 karat gold nourishing oil mini skin treat. Now, let me just gush about the 24 karat gold nourishing oil for just a couple of seconds. It is my favorite skin treat. I have been using it for years. If I had to choose just one skincare item that I was going to use for the rest of my life, it would be that, the nourishing oil, the 24 karat gold nourishing oil. Um, it is just, it's heaven in a bottle. It's beautiful. It's nourishing as the name suggests. It's a really luxurious oil and it feels like spun silk. I think when you're putting it on your face, it feels just like your face is absorbing all of this goodness and it leaves your skin feeling so nice and soft and plump. And I love the smell of it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful product. So if you've not tried it, you may want to jump over and even purchase the full size and then you receive the travel size, the mini with that code free mini or if you've been looking at investing in some Esme Skin Minerals um, skincare or any of their other range, that code free mini then will give you your little free mini at the checkout. So Esme have a variety of wonderful products. They have a whole range of cleansers, including anti-aging cleansers, charcoal cleanser, um, one that helps with avoiding redness. They have so many great products. They also have the Hyaluronic Hydrating Booster Mask, which is really, really beautiful to sleep in. I could talk about Esme for hours, but I won't. So I will end it there. If you are interested in trying Esme or you are a loyal fan of their products already, then you definitely want to jump on board and use that code FREEMINI at checkout while the offer is still available to receive your 24 karat gold mini oil. All right, let's get stuck into this episode. So Michelle, 
She is so many things. <laughs> She's a business manager and strategist as well as a mum. She also has a really exciting side project that she's just started up. Throughout her career, she has been the eyes and ears for dozens of female entrepreneurs across a whole variety of industries, including media, fashion, design, travel, coaching, sales, training, and also recruitment. She is the woman behind the woman. She is the sounding board and the cheerleader. She is passionate about seeing others succeed. Michelle runs her own business, transforming the businesses and also the lives of their owners. With her practical, realistic solutions and her operational support, as well as her creative ideas, she wraps that all up with a big dose of TLC to really, really support women, not just in business, in their life. As I mentioned, she's a mum, she's a single mum, and she has recently launched her passion project, The Savvy Single Mum, where she provides survival strategies for those navigating life as a single parent. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Michelle. As always, it would mean a great deal to me if you take a quick screenshot right now, pop it up on your Instagram stories, and don't forget to tag me at Kylie Camps so I can share it on my feed as well. Without any further ado, please enjoy getting to know the wonderful Michelle Broadbent. Michelle, thank you so much for making the time and space in your day to have this chat with our community. It was such a pleasure to meet you a few months ago in real life and I've been really looking forward to having a chance to connect with you again so thank you for being here oh thanks for having me I can't believe it was it was only three months ago it feels <laughs> feels like it was about three lifetimes ago but um, it was pre-COVID yeah, it was pre-COVID yes but no this is I'm, I'm really really excited to be here so thanks for having me Oh, my pleasure. Now, I know that you wear a few different hats and you operate in a few different spaces, and I'm very excited to explore these with you. In the introduction, I mentioned mm. that your main title is that you operate a business management and strategy business, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you share a little bit more about what that exactly means? Sure. So in a nutshell, what it what I do is I work with female entrepreneurs to relieve them of the overwhelm that comes from running a business alone. So um, my clients describe me as like a second brain in their business. Um, one beautifully described me as Um, her fairy godmother, um, (laughs) Lorraine, who you know, um, she describes me as her blankie, like her security blanket. Um, But basically what I do is I elevate their experience of of running a business with um so I give them like targeted advice practical solutions generally around kind of systems structures and resources um and that enables them to stay in their zone of genius because the the clients that I work with tend to be experts in their field and they are great at their uh, you know their craft in inverted commas um but they are not necessarily experts at running the, the business side of the business. So mm-hmm. I help take care of that for them. Mm, and I guess it's a bit like that old saying, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And when you're in the thick of it, it's it would be so lovely to have that fairy godmother who's <laughs> like, okay, I can see this past the trees. We need to focus on this. This is the way to go. That's right. And the thing is, you don't know what you don't know. And for a lot of people, when they set up a business, they don't have, um, they don't have people around them or they have role models on Instagram or whatever, but they often don't know or understand the realities of, of what it's really, really like to, to run a functional, profitable business. So that's where I step in and help them. And so how did you get started in this position? 
in this position. Well, yeah. for most for most of my career, I've been like the woman behind the woman. So um, I've always supported females in both big and small businesses. Um, and I've always taken care of the behind the scenes and enabled those people to be front and centre. Um, and I kind of fell into it really very early on in my career. Um, I was given a lot of trust and authority by some really amazing women. I was running like offices, office manager, um, executive assistant roles, that kind of thing. Um, and I just, I really thrive in that space. I love seeing other women succeed and I'm yeah, super happy that I, I have a business that enables me to, to do that on a daily basis. Yeah, it's amazing. And I was reading in your pre-show notes that you describe yourself as a bit of a cheerleader. And I yeah. would say you definitely have <laughs> cheerleader energy. When I met you, I was like, yes, like you can just tell that you want the best for people. So oh, I do. That's I really do. That is true. And so is your background, did you study business or was it through the experience of being thrown in the deep end with business? It was both. It was actually both. So truthfully, I actually started, I studied business um, in high school and the reason that I studied business in high school was because when you're picking your year 12 subject choices, um, you know, everything's kind of in a column and you have to pick like a subject from each column and I hated science and I, and I was like looking for a way of ditching science so that I didn't have to study it in year 11 and 12 and in the science column was um, like a TAFE course, which was small business management. And I thought, fantastic, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that instead of studying, you know, biology, chemistry or physics. Um, so that's how I how I started. But also I grew up in it. So my dad, um, he, he had his own business. My auntie had her own business. Like I was surrounded by people that ran their own businesses, but I just kind of thought that I would follow a more, you know, traditional career path. Um, so yeah, I did, I did business management at, at TAFE and then I went to business college and then I ended up working in like executive assistant roles. Um, and yeah, then kind of just moved through that way, but it wasn't, um, yeah, so it was kind of a bit of both really. Amazing. And now when women get in touch with you nowadays, Michelle, mm. when they're looking for your services and support, what are yep. some of the most common complaints? You mentioned overwhelm and I would have yep. to say just mm. as a woman who has a business, I mm. can imagine that time management could be up there. It really is. There's, look, I mean, that generally when people do come to me, they are in a state of, of overwhelm um, and Look, I've you know I've seen it and heard it all. I've seen the highs and the lows, what works and what doesn't. But there's definitely commonalities and uh, uh, common themes um, that kind of set off this overwhelm. Um, generally, it's um, down to the fact that they they don't have boundaries or any boundaries that they did have they have let lapse through whatever circumstances um, life has thrown at them. So they're saying yes to everyone and everything. Um, they're totally uncomfortable with saying no and th their lives are compromised. Um, so, and they're not really intentional about how they're spending their time. Um, so their lives are lacking some structure or adequate structure to to keep everything ticking along as it should. Um, they also tend to uh, have no or the wrong resources uh, to support them in their business. So they get bogged down trying to do everything themselves and this ultimately leads to overwhelm and burnout and, you know, inefficient work practices. Um, the other thing that I see too, Kylie, which is really sad, is that they have lost touch with their purpose. So, like, they've forgotten the reason why they got into business in the first place. Um, so, therefore, they're just, you know, kind of slinging spaghetti at the wall and watching to see um, 
what stinks. It, so, yeah. you know, they're, they're not in the driver's seat anymore. They've, they've Effectively, they've given up their power. They've, they've forgotten that they are actually the boss of them. Um, they're not asking for what they want. They're in a really reactive kind of mode. So, um, yeah, they've fallen out of love with their business basically um, and then because they're just not doing the things that they that they want to be doing or that they should be doing. So, yeah, that's that's the, the sorry state of affairs that I often see people in when they come to work with me. Mm. Well, it's a, quite a familiar story because I know a lot of women in business and one of the first things that you mentioned there was boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that even for women who are listening that don't have a business, boundaries is just such a big topic in our life and it's such a big area where it can be really tricky to get that sweet spot of, okay, first of all, having the confidence or having the knowledge of what your own boundary is and the confidence to put that boundary in place, then I guess the self-discipline to stay with that boundary. How do you encourage women to actually identify what areas in life they need boundaries in? Oh, look, it's, it is definitely the biggest hurdle that I have to overcome with these women. Um, I think, you know, they work for themselves. It's their name on the door. So they have this belief that they are the only ones that can do things the, the, you know, the right way. And, um, but then they also want to be like this fantastic mother or a great wife or a great friend or a great daughter and so they are pinging around trying to be everything to everyone um you know there's a blur in their 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 home life and and their business life and and things just aren't working so a lot of the the work that i have to do is it's almost like self-belief it's like propping these women up to believe that they are allowed to it's, it's like I'm writing them a permission note, you know, like when you mm. get the kids going on an excursion and you write permission no, a permission slip. It's almost like that's what I'm doing for them. It's signing the permission slip to put these boundaries in place but also a result of the, having worked with so many businesswomen, I can almost kind of show them examples of like, or not the before and after, but it's it's give them real role models because we have, you know, those memes that say, you know, you've all got as many hours in the day as Beyonce and, and that's all well and good to say, but Beyonce has like a gajillion people working she with her. You know, has she's like a little bit of help. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's got, you know, she's got chefs, she's got trainers, she's got nannies, she's got choreographers, she's got Tina, her mum, who is like you know, a, a savage, like, according yeah, to exactly. <laughs> That's right. So, so, so while, you know, we, we all want to be like Beyonce, but we kind of go, well, actually she's not real. So, but the women that I work with are, they're real. They're just like you and I, they, they, they have the same kind of competing priorities as, um, and things that they, that they have to deal with. Um, so, I help them understand what is like what's important and what's not and where to sort of put their focus um, and and that they are allowed to do that and to show them what really can, what their life can really look like if they do that. Mm, I am definitely a big believer in having boundaries and I think it's something that you do cultivate and you practice and different seasons of your life kind of lend themselves to teaching you about boundaries. You know, I think becoming a parent teaches you about the need to have boundaries. Having a business teaches you that. Going through hard times with friends or relationships, you sort of, you find out that you do need to put boundaries into place. And I think it's really interesting what you said about, you know, you almost have to write a permission slip. It's like a prescription for a boundary Mm -hmm. Do you think that that just stems from the fact that growing up a lot of us, you know, and I can't speak for everyone, but I do feel a generalization is that a lot of us did not have mums that had strong boundaries. So we grew up thinking that, you know, we have to be everything and we have to be a martyr and we're not worthy of a boundary in place. Do you think that that's where a lot of it comes from? I I really do. And I see because 
you know, the bulk of my clients are, are women. Um, and like I said, there's these common threads that, that, that come through all of my clients and all the, the women that I, even not just women that I, are my clients, but my business buddies as well, mm. is that, um, and I think where I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that we are going to be the last generation that is like this because for most of us, our mums didn't work or the work that they did was what paid for, you know, the holiday fund or the or, or the groceries yeah. or the niceties. Yeah, they weren't the, I mean, I, and look, I know in some families they were the, the essential um breadwinner Breadwinner. but in but most of the time that they weren't and um you know what I also see this sadly because these women they they don't have people around them like their mums don't even get what they do for a job a lot of them their husbands while they are you know using the air quotes supportive but there is also often a battle with them because the husband's the higher breadwinner, so his work comes first. So a lot of the work that I do with, with clients is about, you no, know, you are just as valuable and as important as he is. So why is it why is it that, you know, when you have to go into state to do a speaking gig that there is this like high level of negotiation required whereas he can go on a work trip and pack a bag and and hop on a plane and doesn't need to sort of look backwards so it's a lot of that yeah it's that empowering these women that they are valued and important and yeah I, I just I I'm so passionate about that because I, uh, you know, uh, my mum, she was a housewife. She she didn't work at, at all um, until actually my parents split up when I was much older and then she had to go out and get a job and everything changed. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I do believe we just are lacking those, those role models and that support within our, yeah, immediate mm. community, which is why... Yeah, I, I get up on my soapbox and I'm so passionate about women it. having to, yeah, having to have these boundaries. It's, and see, I'm sat here just nodding along, Michelle, as well, because to me, it's so clear, like growing up, if our parents, and it's not through, you know, any direct fault of their own, gosh, it's yeah. all so convoluted and it all goes back generations, generations, of generations. Of course, yeah. And every generation is getting, you know, is aligning more with allowing women to take up space. But I'm sat here and I'm nodding thinking it is so clear that women respond to you giving them permission because if their whole life they felt as though their mum didn't give them permission, then in comes this fairy godmother who's like, oh, no, 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 You're not, you, don't, you don't need to minimize yourself anymore. It's like, ah, oh, there's that maternal voice telling us that we can do it. And so mm. then we put ourselves into action when we had the power and the ability to do it all along. But it's like we're just waiting for that person, you know, like you said, that fairy godmother to say, oh, no, you can do it. So mm, that's right. Very clear. And yeah, I, I imagine with boundaries, it would be quite a bit of practice and maybe starting with small boundaries. Would I be yeah. on the right path? You you are. And, and look, this uh, don't like do not think that just as soon as someone starts working with me, all of a sudden they're like invincible and bulletproof and walking around teflon coated and telling everyone that no 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 is a complete sentence and all of that sort of (laughs) stuff it's definitely not like that and you know what it is it is ongoing work i've got clients that i have worked with for two years two and a half years constantly where i have to reiterate and also things can come and blindside you that that challenge your thinking and your opinion of yourself and um and or or read you know that give you reason to kind of lapse with those boundaries as well so Mm -hmm. it is a constant practice and um just yeah reminding them that they are valued and that I see them and I see them for what they are it's that continual just reminding reminding cheering cheering them on but Mm. um also helping them like so not just sort of standing on the sidelines going you're fantastic you're great it's like okay you know how can we 
how can we make life easier for you? Mm. And so I imagine that with practicing having some boundaries and putting boundaries in place, it must kind of go hand in hand with some level of structure. Mm-hmm. And you did touch on structure a little bit. Yeah. Can we unpack structure. Sure. Sure. Well, look, I think it's like it's it's the it's the foundation of running life and business efficiently. And um, there's all there's you know there's some people that are completely rigid with the way that their their life is structured and there are others that are a little bit more loose so I guess it's more like a rhythm to their life as opposed to a hardcore structure but I mean you know you look at a house like without the structure without the foundations you can be running around you know getting you know ideas what color to paint the walls and what tiles to put in the bathroom and all of that sort of thing but if the actual foundations aren't there all of that there's nothing to sort of stick any any of that onto so it's really important that people have some kind of structure um, to their lives um, but also I think the, the the thing that I kind of reiterate to people is that Yes, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. Um, but you, it's it's about having real – it's got to be realistic to your life and your situation. So, um, you know, people, I think, are notorious at either, like, overestimate, overestimating how, like, how much time things will take – or underestimating, um, they um, they overschedule themselves, and then they get really frustrated with why things you know are coming undone at the seams. Um, so uh, I think it's it yeah it's it's about just helping them see the wood for the trees really, and um, and get that ideal way of working down pat in whatever way that works for them I guess it's finding that sweet spot between structure and fluidity that works well Mm -hmm. for each individual yeah and I Mm. I was smiling when you said the word rhythm because when I first started out in business and I would go into people's homes and I was doing in-home consultations I would often speak about routine and so many people had like this instant aversion to the word routine but then when we unpacked it and I said look rather than using the word routine, let's use the word rhythm because pretty much all humans have some sort of rhythm to Mm -hmm. their day. We -hmm. don't do things completely wildly from one day to the other. There (laughs) are some sort of, you know, there's consistencies and like you said, structure. So I changed my language from routine, which when I started out, my business name had the word routine in it and I removed it because I realised it was alienating people just Mm. because they have this, connection with the word routine routine where they're like oh that sounds you know like a military level of living where really it's the rhythm of your day that's right and and people like you know uh, I mean I don't know if you're familiar with like Gretchen Rubin's work and the the four tendencies like the rebels the rebels would just arc up over like what structure you're not going to tell me how to live my life um and then you've got people like the obligers who really require that structure it's like I need to have those account you know that, that accountability framework. that framework built into my life so so yeah the the work that I do with my clients is very very tailored to the individuals it's not like this one size fits all militant you know I don't kind of steamroll into their lives and go you must do this and you must do that and da, 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 da. but it's it's um it's about yeah, meeting them where they are and mm. just showing them how having some structure can really elevate their lives. Mm. And you touched on Gretchen Rubin there. Just for listeners who aren't familiar, Gretchen Rubin has, I think, um, I know she definitely has two books. There's one, The Happiness yes. Project, and then and one's better about than The Happy before. Home. and and better than before which is about like um building better habits so and I think and she's actually I think she has written a book about the four tendencies as well yes and so you mentioned there's the obliger there's yeah the the upholder upholder and the questioner 
I am definitely a questioner. What are you? Are you? Oh, I'm an oh, obliger. 100%. True and through. Okay. Like, yeah, you know, card carrying, you know, yeah. prototype obliger. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, I remember mm. reading it and going, oh, I'm so the questioner. Like, I will do it as long as it makes sense as to me. As you know but why. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But it's also like, yeah, anyway, we can unpack that perhaps in another episode. But <laughs> I just thought I would mention it for those listeners who aren't, weren't familiar with her work. It's really mm. fascinating. Yeah, it is. Really fascinating. Now, the next thing that you did mention was support. You know, mm. women are coming to you and they don't have the right experts. I guess, mm-hmm. or, you know, the right community lifting them up. So they're coming yep. to you and feeling a bit isolated. And, you know, in today's today's busy world, there's so much noise out there and it can be hard to know what we should or could be doing. So how can women find, women find that support level that really serves them and aligns with their values? Yeah, okay. Well, I think it's really, really important, not just for business owners but this is for all women to have a dream team to have people in their lives that can support I mean I know you talk about this a lot Kylie with your you know the village and you know it takes a village to raise a child but it also takes one to run a business as well Mm. so um, I think it's it's important but but like you said there is a lot of noise um, and there are a lot of um experts out there and people sort of sprouting their opinion um and it's also coming back to what I talked about before it's like people that actually understand what you do so a lot of the time uh my clients their only business sort of sounding boards are maybe their partner or their husband um their family their 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 friends who who may not actually get what it is that they do um so a big part of i guess my offering is just being that person that that does get what it is really truly like to run a business and to be them and and you know to run that business with all the competing um parts of life and um helping them uh, construct almost like a filter of okay, so who do we let in? Who 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 are the right people to be supporting you? Because because I see this too when when clients are hiring staff is that they often just they grab the person that's available. So there's square pegs being jammed into round holes all over the place, or mm. they're on um, Facebook groups asking for advice and getting thirty thousand different opinions of what they should and shouldn't be doing so it's about being really um really uh intentional about who it is that you that you let in because you can't do it by yourself that is a fact like every you know we are all better for it if if we if we share our problems, if we get experts in to actually help us do the hard things or the things that we're not good at um but it's about who knowing who those people are, and that's like I said, a big part of, of my job is helping them identify who the right people are, um, what's important, what's not important when considering who to let in and for what tasks, um, and then the big thing is uh, is actually relinquishing control and when you know when it's safe mm. to relinquish control, who do we relinquish it to, um, and and accepting. And I'll and I'll use a, a Gretchen Rubinism here, and that's the done is better than perfect. So I think um, you know we need to we need to focus on the fact that those people are, are doing a job that that we don't have time or the inclination to be doing, or that we don't have the knowledge to do. So we we pull in an expert, but mm-hmm. um, it may not necessarily be done exactly the way that we want it to be done and it's you know picking your battles and knowing where to kind of loosen the reins yeah loosen the reins um mm. I was just gonna say I really feel like there's there are so many parallels between being a mum and also being in business because it's so similar like I can remember you know 
let, letting someone into the business for the first time was really hard. It was also really hard to let someone care for the kids for the first time. And it's, yeah. you know, it is that relinquishing of control and going, okay, it's not going to be done exactly the way that I do it. Mm. And there may be some shortfall with that, but there also may be quite a bit of upside and it's allowing yourself to, to see the upside of that. That's right. And they're always like, I mean, look, there, there are things can go wrong and, and you know, you can, mistakes can happen, but I think the positives far way out, outweigh the negatives uh, mm. when it comes to this, this kind of thing because, um, you know, what it does is it frees you up. It frees up your time, which then enables you to focus on, you know, revenue generating activity, or it gives you time to be there to pick your kids up from school or attend the the um, sports assembly or to, you know, go on a date with your husband or hang out with your girlfriends, whatever it may be. But that's what all of this is doing. It's it's giving you the gift of time. And that's what we all want more of. Mm, and that's, you know, I often use the expression that everything in life comes down to pain versus pleasure. So mm-hmm. it's like, is the pain of relinquishing some of that control worth the pleasure of the possible upside? And when you can frame it that way, you can go, okay, yes, this could be uncomfortable to let someone else into my business or into my life or to mm. not have things done exactly the way I would do it. But yeah. the potential pleasure needs to outweigh that. And yeah, yeah I think it, it can be a really tough one. And I remember bringing someone into the business for the first time ever, you know, I'd never had an employee and bringing on a team member. I was so fearful. Like (laughs) you think that you have to do everything, but if you can get out of your own way and realize, Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) Actually things can be done without me doing, without me micromanaging everything. And you know what? Sometimes it can be done they far do better, better than you too. Yeah. Like, and and it's funny. Um, I mean, Dr. Christy Goodwin, who who I know that you know and and yeah, your community know. So she's a client of mine. And when we first started working together, she said that that letting me into her business was like having somewhere someone rummaging through her dirty underwear drawer. Like she just said, it's so you feel very exposed because when, when something has been all yours and it is literally like her business is, is her name on the door. um, It is, you know, to, to sort of let someone else in and expose them to the way that, that you do things, it, it can be, really really confronting but one thing that I will say is having seen absolutely like I've seen everything over the you know over the course of my career nothing shocks me anymore like nothing nothing shocks me and people go oh I'm sorry you know this isn't up to scratch or this isn't in order or whatever and I'm like you and everyone else it's not just you like don't think but obviously we only sit the world only sees the curated version of of everyone's lives so there is this um misunderstanding that oh well everyone else has got their shit sorted and 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 I'm the only one that doesn't and that is categorically not true (laughs) Mm, love that so helpful to hear that And now the other thing that we were talking about in our show notes and you mentioned at the start of this chat is how important it is for women to realise, I guess, when they've lost touch with their passion or their purpose or just how can we, I guess, as busy women keep it at the forefront of our mind, our purpose, our why, how do we keep clarity on that? It's just, it is, again, it's like, it's like training, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like a muscle that you have to keep um, building and sculpting and and coming back to and flexing um, because it is, I think, once we get distracted from what our purpose is, it, it just makes everything so much harder. But when we are crystal clear on that, um, it, it makes all of our decision-making easy, right? So, um, you know, if, if if you're overwhelmed and you've got, like, all these decisions to make, if you're really clear on what your purpose is and what your why is, then, you, you know, you, you're almost putting it through that filter. You know, how does this align with, with my purpose? And, 
um, you know, if it's not a if it's not a hell yes, then it's a very very polite no, thank you. Uh, and and a, a big part of the work that I do is is just helping people come back. So it's having that accountability, whether it's you know a me or it's somebody else or it's having it you know stuck up on on a wall or it's the the screen uh the pass the screensaver password on your on your computer or whatever that is just to remind yourself of why you're why you're here what your purpose is um it's just having that front and center um and working on it every day and not forgetting about it because that's when the overwhelm kicks in it's when you realize Mm. hold on a second i've been operating this way for a month none of what i'm doing is actually aligned with with my purpose, with my values mm. at all. Why am I doing this? And do you suggest for women, particularly in business, mm. that they should have like a brand Bible or, you know, like a mission statement and things like that? Like I know you yep. said you're a clear purpose, mm-hmm. but yep. do you encourage women in business that you're working with to extend upon that or do you feel uh, just having like you do? No, I, I absolutely, I think you have to be clear and it's something, so when I start working with, with clients, I do a really deep dive into their business and I talk to them about, you know, their values, what makes their business special, what their dreams are for the business, all of that kind of thing. And, and that, that is what I encourage them to keep front and centre. And often it's once they do actually doing that exercise that they go, God, I've actually lost, I've lost touch with what makes my business mm. special. I've lost, lost touch with what I love about. I lost touch with why I'm doing this in the first place. Like why the hell did I even start doing, starting my own business? Because Kylie, you know, and anyone that's listening that has their own business, like we didn't do this for our health and sanity, that's for sure. Like, or to or or to be bajillionaires because it's bloody hard work, and um, it could be so much easier to go and get a, a a salaried job working for someone else, clocking on at nine, clocking off at five, whatever the case may be. Um, it's it's helping women get back to the reason why they they went on this crazy business journey in the first place. And all of these points, they're all so interconnected, aren't they? Because yep. when you do have clarity on your why, it's going to allow you to feel like to see the need to have boundaries and then having boundaries is going to impact your time management, you know, which is going to impact you going, oh, gosh, I do need to relinquish some control. Like they're all so interwoven, mm-hmm. aren't they? They so really important. are, yeah. And you also mentioned the term like using some of these skills like a muscle. And mm. in your notes you had written down how important it is as well to use the bravery muscle. Can we speak yes. a little bit about that? Oh, gosh. Well, this comes back to my cheerleading, <laughs> my supporting. and that, Yes, that, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, look, just like parenting, running a business is full of challenges and it's it can be really uncomfortable we just touched on that like it's hard work and there is a lot of of things that are not easy about about um running a business um but um fortune favors the brave really that like and the, the most successful businesses that i see um are ones where their owner is like comfortable to use a parentism using their words and asking for what they want. They are, mm. they're comfortable, they, they get comfortable having to promote themselves, having to put themselves out there, having to put themselves in the driver's seat because if they don't, no one else is going to. So often when a client comes to me, one of their pain points or the thing that they don't like doing is business development which is you know effectively sales they would rather do anything else but you know pick up the phone or send an email or whatever it may be to actually get you know get in real human contact with potential clients and talk to them but the but the successful ones just get comfortable having to do that because um that they yeah they need to put themselves into the driver's seat so um and if they get a no then they 
you know, they, they don't necessarily take it to heart or, you know, they might be, but they dust themselves off and they keep putting themselves out there. It's, it's continual. Um, it's, you know, it's not always pretty. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. And just because they do it for a period of time, they might fall off the wagon and, and, but then, you know, you can see, you can see in their business, like in the numbers and all of that sort of thing, uh, how, how that, lack of activity impacts on a financial scale um so yeah i i just think they they just keep putting themselves out there they don't back away from the hard things uh and sometimes i you know it does require some encouragement or gentle prodding from me it's where the tough love comes in uh but when they do the brave things that the, the results speak for themselves um, and that's when the magic happens, and that's Absolutely. the really exciting bit. Yeah, and that then motive that spurs them on to keep doing the harder things. It's like, okay, I did it. I've got through that. I can I can conquer anything. And um, I, I think especially at the moment, with with what so many people have experienced over the last couple of months, uh, it has really built that bravery and resilience muscle for a lot of people. Mm. It's so true. I think that having a business, one of the things that has really, really developed in me personally is I am really comfortable even when I'm uncomfortable. So if that makes sense. And I can remember a few years ago hearing Tim Ferriss say something and it had stuck with me and I've given this advice to so many people who have wanted to start businesses and Mm -hmm. I think Tim Ferriss actually took it from someone else so I can't credit exactly who he took it from (laughs) but I'll pass it on anyway because I think it's great and he says that you know for anyone who's wanting to have a business he encourages them next time they're ordering a coffee to look the person in the eye and ask them for a 10% discount. And you can't say it's for a challenge or I've been told I have to do this. And that, like, when I say that to girlfriends, they literally get sweaty palms and it's not like, like it's like this weird visceral reaction because they feel so uncomfortable because there's so many, you know, thoughts running through their head about what would that person think? How would they feel? How would they get those words out? But yeah. it's those sorts of little exercises, like you go and do that and you, you know, mm. your heart's beating in your chest and you realize, oh, I asked and I either got a 10% discount or they said, no, either way I survived and I was fine, but I did something uncomfortable. That's and that right. is building that little bravery muscle to ask the ask, mm-hmm. ask the question um, and be uncomfortable. That's amazing. I've never heard that before. Oh, so have you done it? So you've yeah. done it, you've gone and, oh, wow. See, I'm super comfortable in that space, Michelle, like, you know, having yeah. run events and things like that, yeah. like I will look someone in the eye and say, can you do a better price, yes. you know, or negotiating yes. for a car. Like, mm. no, yeah. like I, mm. I genuinely, I can put myself in that situation. Um, but it's having a business. You, you develop those skills. That's right. And I think for, for, for someone like myself, because I have always been, the person behind the person. So I have been, I'm more than happy to do that on someone else's behalf. Like, you know, I, I mm. same, like I'll negotiate or, or, um, you know, ask for, you know, and push, push, push kind of thing. But when it's my own business and having to put myself out there, uh, I have as much of a challenge with it as, as the next person. So that's definitely, you know, from a personal point of view, that's something that I've really had to work on having my own business, because if I don't tell people what I'm doing or who, you know, how, how good my service is or whatever it is, then who's going to do that if it's not me? Mm, Yes. So you have to be your own cheerleader. I do. I do. It's hard. (laughs) And there lies the dichotomy, hey? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. That has been so, so helpful. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would have taken a lot from the insights you have shared throughout this chat. And I'm betting that they're going to want to get to know you more. So before uh-huh. I let you get back to your day, and it yep. sounds like you have a furry little four-legged friend. I do. I'm sorry. It. He's <laughs> barking. <apologize>. Yeah. <laughs> Don't apologise at all. Um, I wondered if you had time for me to quickly ask you a couple of rapid-fire questions. 
I do, yes. Okay. Now, speaking of discounts at cafes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your standard go-to cafe order? I, I am a drinker of a strong skim latte, small. Small, interesting. I'm small. always confused by yeah. people that order small coffees. I, yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, want, I don't like all the milk. Like I like it to taste uh, like coffee, not to taste yeah. like milk with a dash of coffee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no, I see. I'm like literally, give me the biggest bucket possible and make a decaf. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm about the volume. <laughs> um, now, what is the last TV series or movie that you watched? <gasps> Oh, Morning Wars. Absolutely Morning Wars. love. I've not yeah, heard the of Morning it. Wars. You are oh, you will love it. It's Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. It is uh it's very loosely based on that whole incident that happened with Matt Lauer on the Today Show in the US. Um and it's yeah, it's a drama. It's absolutely fantastic. Is it a I movie cannot or recommend. A no, it's a TV series. It's on okay. Apple TV, but you it's like it's I think it's maybe eight episodes. It's a short series, but okay. it is incredible. So Jen, she won the Emmy for I think yeah, that was what she won the Emmy for. Um I, I do or, love the, Jen or the Golden Globe, whatever that image was of her and her walking away from Brad Pitt when he was oh. congratulating her. Yeah, it was yeah. for that series that she won the she okay. won the award for. So yeah, oh, highly recommend. Have to, Fabulous. I'll have to check it out. Have mm. you watched just while we're on this note? Have yes. you watched Dead to Me? Yes, I just finished oh, I that a couple it. of weeks. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> when did that come out? Beginning of May, and I think I binged the the sec like the second series in five nights. Oh. It's, it's so easy to watch. I loved it. <laughs> so good. Now, do you have an all time favorite song? Oh, um, God, I haven't. Look, you know, um, do I have an all-time favourite song? Look, I think at the moment, uh, uh, this probably isn't all-time, but. But current? Uh, the cut, so Justin Timberlake, um, the song from Trolls, um, what is it? Um, oh. Dance, dance, dance. You know that one? Yes. So yeah, I just. I just whenever I hear that I think like I think of my kids I just it's fun uh but you you know look look I have to think uh, actually my all-time absolute like favorite would probably be Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen yeah there you go yeah 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 if that was that would be my desert island disc like if I had to listen to it (laughs) forever I could I could cope (laughs) that's so funny Justin Timberlake might grate on me for a a, a bit I don't know but I do love it yes yeah it does do you have a worst habit that you would be willing to share? What's a poor oh, habit that you have? Um, oh, look, Alan's lollies. I would, I would have to say, is are my are my bad habits a particular kind? <laughs> um, oh, look, if if I could only pick one, it would probably be uh, the retro party mix because that's got a bit of. A, a bit of everything in it. Oh, see, interesting. See, it's so, and this is funny because I am not a lollies person, and to me, I look at that retro pack and I'm like, oh, like it does not excite me one bit. And I feel like I wish that is how I felt. I wish uh, that's how I felt <laughs> about them. Repulsed, but sadly, I do not. <laughs> oh, funny, funny. Now, what is your best habit? <gasps> talking, talking. Yeah, being a chatterbox, I think is is my would be my best habit. I, my my granddad said I could talk underwater, um, and yeah, I I I love it. <laughs> you do have an ability to make people feel very very comfortable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, do you have a must read book that you would recommend? Um. I think my pick, look, I always go back to this when I'm asked this question and it is a very old book, but it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by by Dale Carnegie. And it was probably one of the very, very first books personal development books that was it's it's a hundred years old um, I was gonna say it's a, it's yeah, a classic it is a classic it's a classic yeah and um but I just 
I think, yeah, the original and the best, I think. It, I, 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 got, I was very fortunate that I, I read that really early on in my career, like when I was like 19, um, a, a boss um, gave me that book and it is fantastic. It's just all about uh, you know, treating people how they would want to be treated and, and, you know, stop, you know, listening and well, not stop listening but, you know, like really listening and stop worrying and start living and all of those kinds of principles that I think have been the foundation for a lot of work from thought leaders in that kind of space over the last 100 years. So, yeah, I would say that. Isn't it great when you just find a book at the right time in life and mm. it just lands with you and it's like, oh, what would you do yep. about it? And I've still got my copy. Like I've still got that copy. I've you know moved Special. house however many times since then and I, I still have it uh, and I think it's actually been updated I saw a version in an airport um, bookshop that was like how to win friends and influence people for the digital age so it'd be oh. interesting to see that version as well yeah mm, I wonder if it's got things like you know doing the odd sneaky <laughs> yes. like and then sliding into the dms and <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Don't know. They're, they're, they're pretty. The, the Dale Carnegie crew are pretty conservative, so I'm not sure how how across all of that stuff they would be. <laughs> oh, too funny. Um, yes. Okay. So that's a good one. I do. I've hired that one from the library before, but perhaps it didn't land with me at the right time, and I should try mm. it again. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. It sounds amazing. Now, what is one thing? that you do for fun, for just pure joy for you? Dancing. So I, yeah, I, uh, yeah went, um, I started, I went, I was, dan- I danced as a kid and then uh, a few years ago, like when my, when my marriage ended and it was like, okay, what is the thing that like I love to do? They said, you know, revert back to what did you love to do as a kid? And I always mm. loved dancing. So I've gone back to doing dance classes um and i missing them terribly um but yeah that is the thing that i just love that's just for me i don't go with anybody else it's just my thing and i love it so yeah what sort of dancing is it what sort of dance class oh so it's it's there like it's like like aerobic dancing really um and then there's uh, a class that i do that is it's called retro sweat so all of the the songs are like from the 80s and and 90s yeah it's good fun and you know crazy instructors who basically dance like they're on young talent time like they just it's just it's brilliant (laughs) so much fun I always walk out of there with them well I'm always in there with a massive smile on my face and walk out of there feeling really good so and look I've been doing online stuff at home which is which has sufficed but it's definitely not the same feeling as going you know with a pack of other crazies and a crazy instructor and just yeah really losing yeah collective collective Mm. energy I think of dancing to music in a group is so special and it's yeah quite timely that you that that was your answer because I literally sent a text message to a group of girlfriends today saying I want to get back into dance classes. Yeah, like same as you. I did it when I was little, and there was just some. Like, I mean, my heart. I say little, like when I was little, mm. little, but as a mm. teenager as well. Yeah, and there was just something special about the afternoons that you knew you had your dance class, yes. and like getting there at five thirty. And so, anyway, yeah. I sent this group text to my friends just to see if anyone's interested in doing it, and I've shot off a message to a local. Um, school for when they do open back up because I think that that's something I would really enjoy for fun it is it's great I can I highly recommend it because I'm not I'm not a runner I'm not you know I like I I exercise for for pleasure not not mm. for, for pain so you know I get the benefit of the the pleasure but also the fitness as well but it's yeah you, you're not going to see me out running or cycling mountains or anything like that but it's one of yeah, those things right. isn't it like fun just falls off the list for women so mm-hmm. putting it back on the list is so important yes very 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 and the last question I have for you is 
when you are having a hard day or a low moment or just a tough time in general, what mm-hmm. are some of your go-to moves to realign and to feel more like yourself again? Okay. Well, I actually, I have a, a note on my phone of all the things that make me happy because I did have to uh, get. Oh, I love a yeah, system. I guess it, yeah, yeah, that's my system. I love um, a because system. yeah. <laughs> so, but but some of the the things that I turn to is uh, walking in nature. So either yeah, like in by the beach or or in the bush, but just not on the road where there's houses and stuff but um so walking in nature um being with with my friends so can actual in real life human connections uh with my girlfriends nothing there's nothing better I think it's just Mm. such a such a lift for me it's really good soul time um and even just things like having my nails painted like not not actually going and having a manicure. I mean, that's lovely too, but um, just having painted fingernails and um, having my, you know, my my hair blow dried and just things like that that just make me feel good. Uh, I, I tap into those sorts of things. I've got like a couple of cafes that I like to go to and just sit. I'm happy to be there on my own, um, but I just really love them. Uh, reading is another thing that I do, just escaping with with a good book. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just some of the things that have sort of popped mm. off the top of my head. Brilliant. That's mm. really, really helpful. Thank you so mm. much for sharing. And as I said, when you mentioned that you have a note, I am such a big believer in having those little toolkits and those systems that we can rely yeah. upon because when we are feeling mm. low, the yeah. last thing you feel like doing is trying to come up with ideas to make yourself feel better. But if you have it there ready to go and there's no resistance surrounding yeah. thinking uh, of those things, it makes it easier. That's right. And I think too how that came about was because I would do things and realise how happy they made me when I did them and I would yeah. think like getting, you know, maintaining like, you know, my hair colour and things like that. It sounds very vain, but it's like some, you know, like all women, we we can put ourselves last, go, oh, that doesn't matter, that's not important. But then when you have it done, when, you're not, when you've got bright coloured nail polish on your fingernails or whatever that may be, and you go, oh, God, I feel that that was so simple and I got that done and it's made me feel so good. So just having those things to hand that I can just tap into, it's like, yep, I can do that. I've got 10 minutes between whatever I can quickly slap some fingernail polish on my nails and it's going to make me feel good or, yeah, make, you know, my roots are looking shocking. I'm going to make sure I'm booked in to get them fixed and I know I will feel better afterwards. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you – you said in Jeff there, it all sounds quite vain. And for some people, they might hear it and go, oh, it does sound vain. But to me, I hear it and I'm like, that's honoring yourself. Mm. You know, if that makes you feel good and you're doing it because you want to do it, yeah. that's honoring yourself. And I think that's, that, right. you know, that's therein lies the difference. And I think it's mm. very, very empowering to know what makes you feel good. So, again, Thank you so much for sharing that with us amongst everything else that you've shared today. Where can our community connect with you? Where can they find out more about you? So I'm on Instagram. Um, my handle for my my business is uh, Mish Broadbent. So it's M-I-C-H-B-R-O-A-D-B-E-N-T. Um, and I've also um, just... Uh, sort of started up uh, a little passion project uh oh, yes, called let's talk the about Sa- that quickly if you've got a oh do you oh, okay all right <laughs> yeah is which is okay? the savvy yeah of course of course that's fine I just thought we yeah we we'd um done the rapid fire questions but yeah so the savvy single mum um which is my other Instagram handle um which is the savvy s-a-double-v-y underscore single mum and it's mum m-u-m Yes. No, I was about to let you go, but I do know that we spoke about this before we started recording. You've started the Savvy Single Mum. Tell me a little bit about that. 
Okay, well, this is just something, I shouldn't say just, don't say just, this is something that I have been percolating on for about two and a half years now. So it was just when I was coming out of the darkness of my marriage separation um, and I found it obviously really hard when I split. I was, But I was constantly looking for women who had been through what I was going through uh I was I guess you could say like kind of like role models like examples women who Mm. had gone through it who kept it real so it wasn't all you know this perfect sunshine and rainbows situation but they had survived I think that was the big thing is that I was looking for those kind of survival stories and I through going through the process myself I learned so much uh, and I just kept having this feeling that I should share my learnings um and you know like I said pondering it about six months after the separation and then I kept parking it but it was just this idea that I kept coming back to and I have been coming back to you know for years now and I always say to my clients that you know those ideas that you keep coming back to the ones that stick they're the ones that you should be pursuing. So uh, during COVID, when I had a little bit of downtime, I started to make the inroads to bring it to life. So it's it's really in its infancy, but the idea is, is that it is going to be a place where I share, um, yes, survival strategies for single parents. But it will, it will also benefit all parents, but it's particularly aimed at single mums. I... I can't tell you enough how much I think that that is needed. Obviously, I'm living it right now, but just based off the messages that I get in my direct messages, there are so many women who are going through separations or they're right on the precipice of feeling as though they're about to. And I think, like you said, just having that resource yeah to know that it is going to be okay and that you will mm. survive mm. without the pressure to be thriving straight away is that's really, really right important. yeah and look I couldn't have done this um like you know it wasn't something that could be done in real time because mm. I was living it and breathing it and I see how you handle that so gracefully Kylie because I see you know the amount of questions that you're getting I could see that myself and 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 you know that was something that really sort of reiterated to me that that this was needed because um that yeah you, you don't know where to look and and for me personally I didn't have a whole bunch of friends that had been through marriage separations and I surely you know the couple that I did have they didn't have children when they separated from their from their partners so it was all of these experiences that I was experiencing for the first time but I feel like I've gotten through that and now it's like I feel I should share what really helped me during that time because if I can help other people well then that's that's the purpose of the whole thing so icing on the cake huh Mm, yep Definitely. Beautiful. Definitely. Well, I'm yep. very, very excited to keep an eye on that project. And as as you mentioned, your Instagram handles there, we'll, yep. we will make sure we have them in the show notes as well so that people can find you easily. But thank you. Thank you again. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And I'm just so grateful for everything you've shared today. Oh, my pleasure, Kylie. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.